Good morning and welcome to another episode of Hearts Knit Together in Christ Ministries. I am your host, Marsha A. Sullivan, and today is October the 7th, 2001. I am so happy that you can join me. Thank you for listening. And today we're going to start part two of uh, the topic that we talked about last chapter, which was in Genesis. And we talked about how Abraham deceived Amalek. And so in part two, we're going to compare and contrast how years later, his son Isaac also received uh, deceived Amalek, the king. So uh, we just read a, a couple of chapters prior to this, where we were discussing the deception that Abraham had. And look how uh, this this chapter, I want you to pay close attention so you can listen and learn and, and witness uh, how uh, powerful these chapters coincide with one another. So if you turn with me to Genesis, we're going to go straight into the word. So I pray that you have your pens and pencils and your Bible so that you can uh, follow me as I'm reading this uh, verse. So Isaac deceives Amalek. And for those of you don't don't know who Isaac is, Isaac is Abraham's son, okay? And the mother is Sarah. So uh, previously, in the previous chapter, we talked about how Abraham said that uh, Sarah, his wife, was actually his sister. And we're going to see something similar in the text in chapter 26 of Genesis. So we're starting in verse 1, and it says, a severe famine now struck the land as hard happened before in Abraham's time. So something was uh, getting ready to come upon the land and, you know, they were witnessing an, again another famine that was coming to the land. And so it says, so Isaac moved in Gera. Now that was the same place that in the previous chapter, his, father's, his father lived near uh, Amalek and the king. So they were living in the area where the Philistines lived and where they also ruled. So we can see that in comparison to the previous chapter we read in part one, that uh, Isaac was also living in a foreign land just like his father. And it says where Amalek, king of the Philistines, lived. So in uh, verse two, it says, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. So the Lord had given Isaac the same specific instructions as his father, Abraham. So the Lord is having a conversation, a heart to heart with Isaac, telling him what to do in the famine. And, and, and that's what made God so great is that even in calamity and uncertainties, the Lord still instructs us on where to go, what to do, what to eat, how to live. So God is still speaking here. And as we moving along in verse three, it says, he says, live here as a foreigner. Doesn't that sound familiar? So the same God uh, that he was to his father, Abraham, God is the same God to Isaac, his son, and even to his descendants. So that would be you and I. So God has never changed who he is. 
and and he says go and live as a foreigner doesn't that sound familiar to you when we read in the previous chapter where abraham was living as a foreigner in an unknown land in an unknown country and he says in this land and i will be with you and bless you so the lord has promised to be with isaac and to bless him just as he did abraham so we can see in this story that God has never changed his mind or his heart about his promise to us, even when we change our hearts. And that in itself separates us from the Lord because God is truly not like man. God cannot lie and God will never take back his word when he has spoken it. And so you can still see that there's the covenant still exists because God has promised to be with Isaac. And he says, I hereby confirm that I will give you all these lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised Abraham, your father. So there's the comparison there. And the fact is, in, in the first comparison, we point out, well, there were actually three that we've talked about so far. The comparison to the previous chapter with Abraham, how he deceives Amalek. And there were little things that started off because they both was actually living in a city called Gear, where the Philistines lived. Number two, they both lived as foreigner. Okay, they were in a place that was not necessarily their hometown. They were both forced to move due to um, the instructions and due to the situations in which they were in. God had changed their environment and he caused them, he forced them out of their comfort zone into a place of unfamiliar territory. So moving right along, and we can um, number uh three or four, I would say, we can see that the covenant promise still exists between uh, Isaac because it was the promise was given to Abraham. Now that same promise has transferred over to his son, Isaac. Number four, verse four, he says, I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give them all these lands, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all of my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. Are you obeying today? Do you not know that there is absolutely nothing that God will not give unto those who, uh, just like Abraham did, obey him and do what he said, command his commands, his decrees, and follow his instructions? In verse 6, it says that, so Isaac stayed in Gerar. When the men who lived there asked Isaac about his wife. Okay, so now we're really coming into some deep comparisons here. So the men seeing how beautiful Isaac's wife for us, her name was Rebecca. And he said, she is my sister. So that's like the fourth comparison that we kind of pointed out. He's kind of doing the same, following the same pattern as his father, but we're going to discover why as the story unfolds. So Isaac replies and says, she is my sister. And the Bible says this is the reason why he lied. And he said the same thing that his father said, she's my sister, because the Bible says that he was afraid to say 
she is my wife. And remember, it doesn't excuse the fact that he lied because God had already promised to be with him. But in that in that moment, he wasn't thinking about that probably. He was thinking about he had to defend himself and his wife and his family. But as you're reading the story, you really find out that God was truly his ultimate defender, protector. And so quickly, even though the promise was given, as is has been given for many generations, sometimes from day to day, we can kind of forget the promises of God. And so he thought, the Bible says he thought, they will kill me to get her because she is so beautiful. So father and son has married two beautiful women. So it goes down from generation. They can't get enough of beautiful women. And so it says, but sometime later, Amalek, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. So Amalek, the king, is witnessing the same thing that he first witnessed when he was deceived by Abraham. Instead, he see visibly with his eyes that Isaac was caressing his wife. But in the part one, we talked about that God had given Amalek a dream. And, and the reason why Abraham didn't respond and, and tell him that she was really his wife instead his sister is because he thought that that place was not a godly place. But boy, was he wrong because God is everywhere in every place. He's always going to and from. And so in, in this same text here as while well, we were just comparing, comparing the two sons, we uh, father and son, I'm sorry, we can see clearly that Isaac did the same thing and the king is witnessing that all over again. Uh, the king of the Philistines, who name is Amalek. He says, but sometime later, Amalek, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and he saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. Immediately, Amalek called for Isaac and exclaimed, she is obviously your wife. The king is heated. The king is upset. And Isaac could have truly been put to death. His father could have been put to get to death. But we're going to see what the Lord does here. He says, why did you say she is my sister? Because I was afraid someone would kill me to get to her from me. Isaac replied. He says, how could you do this to us? Amalek exclaimed. One of my people might easily have taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of great sin. Remember that that was getting ready to happen in part one, but the Lord intervened before the sin actually plagued the land. The Lord stopped King Amalek from sleeping with Sarah, and the Lord did it again. That's a part of his, his, his covenant. That's a part of his protection on behalf of his people, there are certain things that even if we find ourselves in a situation before it gets too deep, before, you know, the enemy thought he has worn our souls or our heart over to lies and deception or deceit or causing things to happen that is really offensive to the Lord, God would truly step in and save his sons and daughters 
just in the nick of time because God is so faithful. And so he says, Isaac replies to the king, he says, because I was afraid someone would kill me to get her. So we actually read that part, but moving um, along, Amalek exclaimed, one of my people might easily have taken your wife and slept with her and you would have made us guilty of great sin. Then in 11, it says, then Amalek issued a public proclamation. Anyone who touches this man or his wife will be put to death and, and see what the Lord did. The Lord has turned it around in Isaac's favor because if the favor and the hand of God was not with Isaac, the king could have easily did the opposite. He said, we, he could have said something like this. I'm going to kill you for lying to me because I mean, indeed he was the king of the Philistines. But, but when you serve the true and living God and you're under his authority, God's authority, God is the true king and the ruler of all things in the earth. And so God has used the king, the Philistines to protect not only his father, but to protect his son, Isaac. So in this storyline, we can clearly see the hand of God is truly upon Isaac. And, you know, both stories were very, very, very powerful because there was uh, some tension there, but uh, God was able to resolve it. God was able to intervene, to intervene and that's the beauty of knowing God is that he will keep us. He will preserve us. He will strengthen us. He will protect us from all harm, hurt, and evil. Even sometimes when we think we can protect ourselves more than the Lord and the Lord just have to show us and remind us that he is our protector. And He, you can also see how God protected uh, Abraham as well and we can see that that covenant continue even sometimes when deception has plagued our life god is able to turn it around and the moral of the story is this is that god can use uh the bad things in our lives even yet for his glory and so we can see that with fear came deception and that God was able to turn it around and not only spare Isaac, but also protect him and also favor him. So I just want to say thank you this morning for listening to Hearts Knit Together in Christ. It's always such a beautiful time to get in God's word, to study God's word, to share God's word and to read it. And I pray that you learned something today and uh, that you will share it with the people that you love. And I pray that the Lord will rain his blessings upon you 10, 100 fold as you go about your day. May you be blessed and walk in the favor of the Lord. In Jesus name, I pray. Thank you for listening to Hearts Knit Together in Christ. Until next time, see you soon. Bye-bye.